Hey you fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 144. Woohoo! One day, I shall come back. Oh dear, we are in trouble, aren't we? I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. I have the advantage of being slightly ahead of you. Sometimes behind you, but normally ahead of you. But the trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. The meteor storm that the sky above us was dancing with lights. Purple, green, brilliant yellow, yes! I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. It's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Just remember who's standing in your way. Look at the eyebrows. These are attack eyebrows. You can take bottle tops off with these. Howdy-do-who, fans. Welcome to 144. Hope you've all had a cracking week. And that you enjoyed pyramids of no pyramids at the end of the desert, <laughs> the pyramids at the end of somewhere. Blimmin' long title that one, isn't it? It's blimmin'. It's almost long. as long as that. What was that class episode that had? A, it was like the had about ten titles for one episode. Do you remember that one? What Quill did next, and then the holiday of the oh yeah yeah Pyroville. Yeah, that was um, <laughs> yeah. yeah that was class for you. Apparently, class has been doing not too bad over in the US. Oh, really? I think it's gone down slightly better than it did here. Ooh. Which Maybe isn't there difficult. is hope for the old donkey yet. It's not difficult, let's be honest. No. But yeah, I, I, I'm only gauging that from uh, people's tweets and so on. Uh, I was I must admit, I was listening to a podcast a couple of weeks ago that was saying that Doctor Who wasn't faring too well in america um i haven't seen any news about uh ratings for america so i don't know don't know where they got the source from but they were saying yeah it took a bit of a dive in ratings apparently this series but um but as i said i don't know where they where that's from because i haven't seen anything but uh yeah they must have seen something but i think it was still doing okay but not quite you know because doctor's been doing quite well in the states um ever since matt smith took over isn't it really it seemed to kick off over there pretty much yeah yeah yep. yeah but uh yeah i'm not sure maybe some of our american listeners could let us know how it's going over there because i don't see anything on the on the news bits over here about it but yeah just something i heard recently yeah 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 so classes Ratings, doing, though, eh? yeah, right. does it matter God, the old ratings eh? it's not like mm. they've got the power to shut a show down or anything it, do you know i think it is just because <laughs> That because that happened back in the day, I think it's always in. It's like this sort of um, shadow always hovering in the background, isn't it? Because it happened back in the eighties. I yeah. think any slight dip or whatever in the ratings, we immediately panic because of because of what the BBC did back in nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, you know I mean, we're like, oh no, it's, it's it's always looming over us the ratings, even though, yeah, well, they are important, but they're not they're not the be all and end all. Yeah, unfortunately, the um, the studio. TV bosses and stuff. I assume that's the only thing that they can measure how, mm. how good a show's doing, I suppose. Mm. Did I see, yeah. again, I saw. I haven't seen this officially, but I saw a lot of people tweeting that the show had been extended till 20-something, 20, 20, 20, 20, 
2020 is it so so yeah it's been sort of renewed again or whatever no it's longer than uh, that yeah 2022 i think another five years mm, from, yeah from next year i think so that's good yeah so that's still rocking news. and rolling yeah i mean i i don't know about you there is there was a time when i could never i could never picture doctor who being on any other channel than the bbc it's just unthinkable i could just no. never imagine that happening it's like, so i know we got i know we got the tv movie and stuff but you know what i mean yeah um but uh, I don't know. These days, things are different. Like um, we've been watching a lot of a, a program called Black Mirror recently. Oh yeah, yep. uh, which is very dark. I can't decide if I like it or not. I sort of I like the concepts, but I always come away from it feeling really depressed because it is quite a dark <laughs> show. Yeah. Um, but that was made by Channel Four for the first two series, and then Netflix took it over. That's right. Um, but you wouldn't. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit more. Um, a lot of some of the episodes set in America, but you wouldn't really know that your style was the same. But I was just thinking that I don't know things are different now. Like if Doctor Who sort of in ten years' time, I could easily see it being made by like Netflix or Amazon or something like that. I just I don't know. It's not as unthinkable as it once was, and in some yeah, ways they'd yeah. probably plow a lot more money into it. Because if you look at like uh, the Grand Tour, which you know which was the Top Gear guys. When they went over to Amazon, that it was like they were given the biggest budget ever. Like the first episode was like a, a mini road trip movie. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. Not that I'd want the Doctor to leave the BBC because I don't know. I, it feels like it should be there. Um, but it's just something I can imagine. And as I said, it'd probably get a massive budget as well. Yeah, it's interesting one, that. Mm. There's, there's a show that's um, that goes out over here. I'm not sure if any of our other uh, listeners in other countries would know, but uh, it's a bakery programme. Well, not just a bakery, cookery program called The Great British Bake Off. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know it, yeah. Yep. And uh, for a long time, everybody thought that that would never leave the BBC. Every, <laughs> everybody thought, no, that's a, that's a proper British BBC thing. It's going to yeah. be around on a beep forever. And then when they got fed up with it, there you go, Channel 4. Is it Channel 4 that's got it now? Or yeah, ITV? well, I think Channel yep. 4 just swiped off, and didn't they? It came up for renewal again, and uh, Channel 4 went in with a great big wad of cash. That's right. <clears throat> yep. And, and uh, yeah. So that went. All the presenters left. <laughs> However, I think because of, I think we're fairly safe. I mean, I'm touching a lot of wood now, my desk, anything. I think we're rel- relatively safe with Doctor Who. It's, it's a bit of a, it's a long, long history with the BBC, a bit of a, you know, a national treasure, so to speak. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like you say, it comes back to the whole, you know, getting axed and all that. There is a, a history there, isn't there? It's mm. like there, yeah. There's a lot of history with those guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think with the when the show was cancelled back in the day in the at the McCoy era, I don't think that was necessarily the fault of the the people making the show. I think that was because they didn't have the proper support and the budget from, you know, like the BBC bosses at the time. They just didn't have a lot of faith in the show and didn't really like it and. Oh, yeah. You know, thought it was, you know, where does it fit? You know, is it a kid's show? Is it adult? Is it sci-fi? Is it thriller? Is it all sorts? And then the the, the main dudes, those, those BBC guys are like, oh, I just don't know what to do with it. Let's just, you know, cut the budget, cut, 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 it, and it'll fizzle out. It was just, yeah, I was going to say, it just become a bit of a burden, didn't it? it, was, yeah. it. I mean, Michael Grade... Obviously had a big part in that, but um, the what was he at the time? BBC controller or so I don't know. Some big weird, big weird at the BBC at the time, wasn't he? Michael Grade, he always gets, uh, you know, he always takes the, the blame for it. Well, he was to blame yeah. for it a lot of it. Well, he but was. um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, it wasn't. I mean, that's the thing. I think the BBC. Let's. I suppose the easiest way to say it is, it seems like the BBC have a respect for the show now that they definitely didn't have 
back in the 80s <laughs> let's put it that way because i mean when this when the show starts now the first thing that comes up is pure drama i've noticed on the new series oh yeah yeah so that is they sort of you know that it just makes it feel like they believe in the show a bit and taking it seriously if you know what i mean it's because it generates quite a bit of money now yes there is that <laughs> there's, yeah. there's that to consider <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyways yeah coming up a couple of bits of news a couple of bits of merch with our new friend or our newly named friend should i say our dalek has a name Dalek Tat. Dalek Tat, that's it, yeah. yeah. He's going to be dishing over a, a wee bit of news. He liked his name, didn't he? I think when you when you told him, his little lights flashed. and Yeah, he got excited. He did this <laughs> thing like... where he sort of shakes from side to side, a little bit like <laughs> K-9 used to do. Just has this little shuffle. Yeah. <laughs> you can see his, his electrodes just, yeah. If you, can, if, you, if you guys remember that scene at the end of Remembrance of the Dalek where... Um... <laughs> The Daleks in the middle of the road, and he's all lighting up different colours and spinning around. He's a little bit like that. Yeah, that lasted about 10 seconds. Then he went, yeah. he, it, she. I've really got to stop that. Then it went back to its miserable self. <laughs> so it was 10 seconds of, I think he was a bit of a rogue Dalek. Yeah, then yep. he remembered. Yeah, he remembered he shouldn't be feeling it. Mm. Oh, wow. Anyways, have you had a good week, mate? It's been fairly quiet for me. I've not done much Who stuff. Um, yeah, I've had a fairly good week. I had a, I had a found a nice little pickup um, this weekend. I went to a music festival. And um, on the way to the festival, we walked past this um, little independent record shop. And because I used to work in one for many, many years, I, I can't sort of not go in one if I walk past one, if you know what I mean. So I popped in. And that was actually after a print bit to discs that they did for Record Store Day, but they didn't have it. And then I was like, I don't suppose you've got the Doctor Who one that they did for Record Store Day. He said, and he was like, yeah, I've just put that down in the soundtrack section, actually. I was like, oh, well. So I managed to get um, it's the Pescatons uh, vinyl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, so, cool. so it was just like the, the special one that they did for Record Store Day this year. Um, and it's, it's really nice. It's... Um, one vinyl's green and the other one's yellow. <laughs> so it's like two coloured vinyl. And I love coloured vinyl. Oh, sweet. Um, but what I didn't realise till I got it home, because I, I then had to carry it around with me for the whole festival. And people were, I was really worried because it was sort of, it was on the floor. But people, you know what people like at a festival? They're all drunk. And so everyone kept sort of nearly walking on it and trampling on it. And I was really worried that I was never going to get it home in one piece. But I did. Um, but when I did get it back, I realised that it's actually... One of the vinyls is um, is the BBC Sound Effects album, so it's like a double pack release. Nice, um, so that was nice. quite cool. So over there, the other so one side's the Pescatons cover, the other side's um, I'm sure you'd know the album cover if I could describe it properly. It's like the TARDIS vortex picture, and it says BBC Sound Effects in the oh, corner. Oh yeah, it's that one. Yep, yep. So yeah, I was really chuffed with that. Really pleased I managed to get that one. Um, so yeah, got it home one piece. Uh, I, pro- I don't know. I, I mean, I have got them on CD, so I, I don't know if I'll actually play it, but it's just a lovely thing to have you know and not a bad price either sort of 20 odd quid i was thinking you know like big finish did a couple of vinyl releases recently didn't didn't they which i'd have loved to have picked up but they were mm. blimmin expensive and i was thinking god i've got all three of these record store day was ones for the price of one vinyl but i do love i'd love to get um spare parts they did love to yeah. pick that but it's a little bit pricey for me but yeah so that was nice mate um apart from that not a lot else i am going to collect a mania this weekend um Collectomania 24 in Birmingham. 
So uh, I'm ramping up. Bit of excitement for that. That's going nice. to be cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, but apart from that, mate, not a lot. Just just that, really. Yeah, same as me. I'm very, very quiet. I haven't picked up any um, classic vinyl. Um, speaking of Big Finish, I was really, remember I was really tempted by the, um, there was two vinyl releases that they put out. One was the, um, yeah, Spare Parts, the Davison story. Yeah. And the other one was Chimes of Midnight. Oh, that's one of my favourites ever. Yeah, yeah. So, and the artwork, the the new, I think they got somebody to do some new cover art for it. It looked really nice. Yeah, they are lovely. I do love the new artwork for the vinyls, yeah. Yeah, but I didn't, I've not seen anyone, because normally when Big Finish bring out the special edition stuff, they normally do, you normally see a few people tweet to say, oh, this is beautiful and stuff, but I've mm-hmm. not seen anyone pick up any of the recent Big Finish vinyl stuff. They, um, it's a bit pricey, that's the problem. I think it's like 80 odd quid, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's funny you say that, because actually now I think about it, uh, I don't think I know anyone that's got it. Mm. don't know. If anybody's listening, if you've got the, either of those amazing releases, um, just, yeah, maybe tweet us a pic, because yeah. uh, I'd like to see the actual thing, yeah. Let us know. Mm. Um, the only other thing I've done, really, is when I ordered some Big Finish, ordered the, um, pre-ordered the uh, Tenant Volume 2. Oh, yeah, yep. Uh, special edition, of course. The special edition, mm. yep. Uh, and that's it, really. Very quiet. Yeah. Very quiet yeah. indeed. Yeah. So, shall we land? Shall we land? Yes, let's do it. First up. If you are into um, Heaven Sent, uh, in terms of direction and how you think that episode looked and all that jazz, then good news. <clears throat> Rachel Talele is back. Mm-hmm. She's going to be directing the Christmas episode. Oh, which yes. will be Moffat's last, of course, won't it? His last uh, one. Well, yeah. sorry, I meant to say Capaldi's last. I don't know why I said Moffat. Yeah, Moffat's regenerating in the Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> I meant Capaldi's last, but I suppose it will be Moffat's last as well, actually. so It will be both, yeah. I assume. Yeah, One can assume, yep. So they've yeah. both been confirmed to be leaving at the mm. Crimbo special. So, uh, yeah, so uh, Rachel, um, uh, she directed the, um, the the final two parts, didn't she? Yeah. Um, the final uh, episode in both series eight and nine. And all, you know, story stuff aside, they did look like beautiful episodes. Yeah, I think she's yeah. she's a pretty good director. I will say that. Um, I think she's done a couple of others. I can't remember now. But um, yeah, yeah. It's. I think she's a good one to have for the, for the last one with Capaldi. I mean, clearly the Moffat likes her yeah. um, as well and, and likes what she's done. So, yeah, I think that's a good combination, don't you? I think that'll be good. Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, a lot of pressure because it's the end of an era, if you like. It you know, is, yeah. part of Who. And we have no idea what's happening with Capaldi's regeneration or anything yet for Series 10. But one would assume that we would have the classic regenerate into a new actor slash doctor at the Christmas special. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. It does look, there are some questions raised around regeneration in series 10. So we don't know that hundred percent. It could, they could throw a curveball with all that stuff, but going on past experience, Crimbo special, Capaldi's last regen into somebody new. So a lot of pressure for her to end everything end Capaldi's run Moffat's run 
mm. that whole thing. So, uh, but I think she's, I think she's a great director. Really, I like, like I said, Heaven Sent and those other episodes, really, really good, really lovely to look at. And she said, uh, I think she's happy and sad because on her Twitter account, she says, uh, she said she's thrilled to be doing the Doctor Who Christmas episode. And she says in brackets, what a script. So that's been done already by the look of it, an early, mm. early draft. But she also said, very sad, it's our last. Yeah, so I, I think she's you know, a good choice. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if that means it's her last as well, or she means it's just the Moth and Capaldi's and all that. So I don't know. But yeah, Rachel Tulele, directing the Crimbo special. Nice one. Yes. Okay, uh, in other news, it's uh, ratings news. So <laughs> extremists, extremists, extremists. Um, came in with an official rating of 5.53 million viewers, which uh, is good, continues a nice... It's been fairly consistent. We've had a few little ups and downs, haven't we, so yes. far, but they haven't been too far between. Um, so, yeah, so it came in in 20th place. Uh, it came in at number 20 in the uh, programme ratings. I mean, as we say every week, obviously take into account that Coronation Street has <laughs> five blocks and uh, EastEnders takes up one, two, five, five of those places, and so does Coronation Street. So actually, when you take all that rubbish away, uh, still doing pretty good. Um, Britain's Got Talent still number one. Uh, something called Three Girls has gone in, and number two, three, four. I don't even know what that is. Yes, that was... Um, Do you know that? Yeah, I watched those. What is um, it? I've never heard of it. Yeah, so I don't want to talk about those that too much on this family show. Um, oh. <laughs> but it, it, it's a drama by the BBC that's... Uh, very difficult watch, but um, uh, amazing factual drama. So not not surprised that they came in at the top in the top ten there. Oh, is it like it's factual, so we can throw in loads of nudity and goriness because it's factual? Um, yes and no. Right, I, I will leave anyone who's interested to go and look up what it's about. But uh, it, it's very adult and it's very um, yeah, it's not a nice watch, but it's good drama. Um, oh, okay, uh, one thing I'm very happy about is that we beat the Antiques Roadshow this week. Hey! Or last week, should I say. Yay! Yeah. Because that really miffed us, didn't it, last time? So how can Doctor Who be behind the <laughs> Antiques, Antiques Roadshow? Roadshow? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, and we also beat... We, we we did beat one episode of EastEnders, which is we, good. Oh, good. Yeah. Excellent. Um, <laughs> and then there was a show called The Durrells, or The Durrells. I don't know how that's pronounced uh, but that beat us last week and that's way down in you know down the list this time so we're on the up again yeah that's good definitely uh so yeah um, and also um there was where are we uh oh yeah country file we beat country file again all oh, right so you know those sorts of things where i know they're sort of long-standing shows they're a bit like the soaps really they've been around for donkey's years things like that but it's always nice when you when you crush, crush one of those. So <laughs> there we go. That's news. Only yeah. a couple of bits. Yeah. Shall we bits get, week. shall we get our Dalek friend? Go on, get him in. He's all excited. <laughs> Merch corner. Merch corner. Merch corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Is it rude to cut him off like that? Um, we need to shut him up fairly quick. Yeah, I was going to say otherwise. You know what he's like. Yeah. Yeah. This goes on. Anyways, you may have heard us talk about this first thing on previous shows a year mm. or so ago. So there's um, the uh, the guys at Phantom Audio. 
um, you would recognize us talking about Phantom, spelled mm. with an F, not a PH, because uh, they do these really cool signing events. Yeah. Uh, that we frequented from time to time. Uh, but they also do these really cool, um, uh, like, alter, like, you know, alternative commentaries that you can stick into your CD player and watch along with certain classic who episodes. So what they normally do is they invite a bunch of people who are involved with the production of that particular episode. And the new one that's coming out is the green death. Mm, cool cover on the, on the CD. Very retro. I like that. Very retro. Yeah. Mm. Um, so these are, if you're really into um, the best way to describe it is if you're one of these people that when you buy a Blu-ray or DVD and you watch all of the special features from start to finish and you watch the film again with the director commentary on and the commentaries from the people who are, if you're into that side of things, then these who talk releases are really, really good. And they've done a fair few now, haven't they? I'm pretty sure they've done half a dozen of these over the last couple of years. Oh yeah. I mean, mm. they've actually, yeah, they've done quite a few now. Um, they seem to be getting done quite quickly, actually. Mm. Um, I've got a couple of them and, um, yeah, they're good. Cause, uh, I think all the ones I've got are moderated by Toby Haydoke. Um, and That's this right. one is as well, isn't it? Yes. Um, and he's always really good at keeping the conversation flowing. And a lot of the ones that they've done are for some of the DVDs that didn't get commentaries. So one of the ones I haven't got, but I'd really like to get is the Damons. They oh, did yeah. a commentary yeah. for that. And I don't think there is one on the DVD. I think I'm right in saying that. So yeah, it's quite nice for them to sort of fill in those gaps. Um, mm. I always quite like a director's commentary. I don't know about you. I'm always quite surprised when I say to people, oh, did you listen to it with the commentary? And they're like, nah. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, you're missing out because it, well, it depends who it is. I mean, I've heard some dreadful <laughs> director's commentaries before now where yeah. people just don't speak. But the Doctor Who ones um, generally are pretty good, especially if Toby's involved um, and, and especially if Peter Davison's involved as well. <laughs> I love <laughs> I really like the fifth off Doctor commentary, especially if he's with Janet Fielding. Um, yes. But yeah, these are nice releases because they fill in a few gaps and uh, and they get back actors that that weren't you know they'll always be different to the dvd ones let's put it that way yeah yeah it's really good that actually the peter davison ones they're always really quite amusing because he never takes it seriously does he He, no he doesn't know he he never treats it as like this is a job i need to go and do this properly he's always just fairly relaxed and he doesn't he's quite honest as well isn't he because there's a few stories because i i like black orchid and so do you don't you but it's you know he says on the comment i mean he slays it on the commentary him and Janet mm. lay into it. And poor old Sarah Sutton is like, you know, oh, I like this story because it's all about me. And he's like, well, that's probably why we don't like it. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a funny commentary because he's just so frank and, yeah. you know, um, and him and, as I said, him and Jan- uh, Janet yeah. <laughs> just spar up each other. Yeah. A bit of a tag team. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so this one, The Green Death, um, it brings the um, some of the co-stars, so uh, Katie Manning, Richard Franklin, John Levine, uh, Mitzi McKenzie and Stuart Bevan and yeah, uh, Michael Bryant. And it's also overseen by the very funny or it's mediated, shall I say, by the very funny Tommy Haydock. Yeah. Um, so pricing wise, they've got, it's a double CD, this one, which is cool. And it's on a discounted price at the moment for a tenner. Oh, that's good. Well, 11 quid and you can, you can get the download for a tenner. Yeah. Uh, if you want, then there's a, if you want the special signed edition, uh, exclusively available at the website, then that's £20. Mm. Yes. Uh, but the Green Death's a good story, though. It is a good one, that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're into your special features and commentaries, check out Who Talk. Just go to whotalk.co.uk and you can see all the previous ones there as well. They've got um, uh, 
Day of Armageddon, Unearthly Child, The Damons. Quite a few on there. It's good. Yeah, I think they do a Remembrance one. That's one I've been meaning to pick up Remembrance, for a while. Yeah. Remembrance of the Daleks, yeah. yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Right, 1st of November 2017 is when the BBC store will close. Uh, this is news that's been sort of floating around for a while, but they've officially confirmed that um, the rumours are true. They are to close their online store. Uh, a lot of people were worried they were going to lose their money uh, that mm-hmm. they'd spent on there, me included. Um, so I'm very pleased to say that they, you can go sign in, you can claim your money back from them um, if you sign into your account, uh, but uh, you've got to do it before um i forget that well i assume it's before that close day i forget now they sent they sent an email around to all the all the customers anyway yep. saying you know you need to sign in and claim your money back before this date but i think as i think i'm right in saying as soon as you claim your money back obviously you can no longer watch your program so you might want to watch them all yes. claim your money yep. back and, and then you'll be good um it's i've got to say gary it's it's a double-edged sword for me this because on the one hand, they had some great stuff. They'd started putting on programs mm-hmm. that you couldn't get on DVD. Um, so some little exclusives and some stuff that was really good. But I always found the BBC store so incredibly frustrating because it, it constantly crashed and it yeah. didn't allow you to download your purchases to your to your devices. So you could only watch them online. It was bizarre. If you bought anything, it said download at the bottom of it. So you download it. But I don't know where you downloaded it to because it never actually went on your device. So it, it always confused me and it always frustrated me because, as I said, a lot of the time their store would crash. So you, you couldn't even get on to watch the stuff you'd paid for. Um, and I've no idea why they did it like that because, you know, if you buy something from uh, iTunes, for example, um, they go on your computer. If iTunes crashed, if iTunes went tomorrow, I've still got all those files on my computer. They're mine. Mm-hmm. You know, I can I can copy and paste them onto anything. Yeah, yeah. So it was always very frustrating to me that the BBC, you know, sort of took this option. Um, and there were yeah, there were a few things wrong with it really, but I think it could have been good. I think they just needed to, you know, the business model was just not there really. It's it's not a surprise to me that it's it's shut. But as I said, it's a shame really because it could have been very good. I think. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit. I'm not saying. I'm not going to say I'm surprised mm. too much because I think this type of 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 model just it just is very difficult to compete with the streaming model, um, which I think is why they didn't they didn't release this over in the US and so on. Which, if you remember, a few months back they released this other thing called who was it? It was in conjunction with ITV and somebody else. It was a streaming service over in the US. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, so that model's very similar to like Netflix and Amazon Prime Video, which seems to work, you know, people seem to to gravitate more towards the streaming side of things rather than the, you know, purchase and then it's yours to watch where you like. But the problem with BBC Store that I found was that it didn't integrate well enough with the BBC iPlayer. Mm, Yeah. So you can either watch your, the stuff you've purchased, you can either watch it on the BBC Store website or depending on what device you're on. So I've on my iPlayer app on my iPad, I could link that to the BBC store and I could watch my purchases through the iPlayer app. Yeah. Which was fine. But it wouldn't let you do that through the iPlayer app on a TV or, a, or on my PS4. It wasn't doesn't let me link them together. So I, it was really limited on how I could watch them once I bought yeah. them. Which was okay for me because I the stuff that I did buy, it was just, a, you know, it was like the... the my favorites, if you like, 
that if I was I in, a, in a pinch, then, you know, and I had nothing to do and I was in front of a computer, then I could fire it up and watch them. That's fine. Mm. Um, so I'm not really surprised because it's just, I think the only selling point they had was you could buy all of this cool BBC stuff that you can't get anywhere else. You can't get it on DVD. You can't, you know, unless you've got an old VHS player knocking around, Yeah. you know, this, you know, we've got all of the archived BBC shows that you can't get anywhere else. But unfortunately, it just wasn't enough of a pull to get, you know, as many people on. So I would probably say that this time next year, by this time next year, we will see that streaming service that they launched in the US come over here. Because Wouldn't people, be surprised. Yeah, because yeah. people are more, I, well, I'd be more likely to sign up to something like that where I know that I could get, you know, any on any device, on any computer, any TV, I can just log into it and I've got all the stuff there. I don't need to purchase individual things. The, the entire catalog is just there to watch anytime. So that's a bit more, you know, in terms of the email, they've, they've teamed up with Amazon, haven't they? So the email that I got. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It said, um, you know, they've, they've said that they're going to close it on 1st of November, blah, blah, blah. Then it says you've got two options. So it says when you are ready to close your account, which you have to do by the 1st of November, um, you can either choose an Amazon video voucher mm-hmm. um, or you can just choose a straight refund and they'll ref- so if you if you go for the refund option, they will refund you exactly what you've paid. Yeah. So if you spent 20 quid on shows, you'll get 20 quid back. If you choose the Amazon video voucher, they'll bung a few quid extra on there. So thank you for your support. Yeah. So um, yeah, so I got, so my refund was 20 odd quid. Or I could choose thirty quid, and you know Amazon Video Voucher. All right, that's not too bad then, is it? That's quite quite nice, a little uh, yeah thing. Yeah. So depending on what, but you have to do it though. If you don't do it by the first November, then you've lost it all. Lost your money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't just you know contact them afterwards and say, oh, I forgot. So you must make sure that you do it before November. Yeah, I must admit, I'm not. I'm, I was. I'm more gutted. Do you remember the good old BBC store? that we could actually go on i used to although they were rubbish in terms of just sending things out and everything uh they did used to get get some good little exclusives on the bbc store um where the sold physical things i mean so i was a bit sad when that closed but this one yeah i'm not i'm not that sad it's going as i said there yeah. was some nice like you said some nice archive stuff on there but hopefully they'll come back with a better um format and uh, and put it on there yeah that would be good yeah and as adam said just very importantly if you jump on there now and count and close your account and request your refund you won't be able to watch your stuff anymore so if you're if you've got stuff that you've you've bought and haven't watched yet don't jump on and do your refund just yet make sure you get the you know actually watch it <laughs> and, yeah. and then close your account but yeah another thing from the beeb is going mm. indeed cost cutting exercise Hmm. that's going to do for news and match yep adam me old pal me old mate me old mate me old mucker <laughs> what are we doing this week well this week is of course the pyramid at the end of the world tell me what you see it's a five thousand year old pyramid one little problem it wasn't there yesterday those creatures in that pyramid they have studied you and they have chosen this exact moment and this exact place what's wrong with the doctor i lied i've been blind since chasm forge Coordinate your attacks. It does not come here in peace. We will take this planet and its people. Life on Earth will cease by humanity's own hand. Big dramatic music. Big. 
Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Yeah. But was it a dramatic episode? Well, mm, we shall see. So it's a direct. It is a. It, although this has been labelled up as a loose trilogy, um, I yeah. would I wouldn't say mm. it's that loose really because it follows on directly from uh, last uh, the week before Extremis. Yeah, it's a I direct so. follow on, isn't it? And the next one as well, the Lie of the Land, that's on this Saturday. That seems mm. to be another complete direct. So I wouldn't say it's a, a loose trilogy. I would say it's a definite sort of see, uh, series trilogy. Yeah. So yeah, it follows on directly from last week where we find the Doctor still blind and um, the uh, Bill's having another shot at, at date night <laughs> with somebody which... As, Poor old Bill. Yeah, so um, in, in, in the last episode we found out about the, the world being a simulation and so on. This week, I'm assuming, unless there's a very big twist coming in this Saturday's show, this is the real world this is not a simulation that we can that we can safely say so mm. bill's having date night goes horribly wrong once again um and then they're off to um off to the desert where they found uh yes this ancient old pyramid that wasn't there the day before which has landed the monks are inside and it turns out that they've set all the doomsday clocks forward to the end of the world is nigh but as a bit of a strange thing there's no uh the, the 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 monks have, haven't said you know your world's going to end, and there's nothing you can do about it. They've thrown this curveball, where they've said there is something you can do about it. You need to ask for our help. So they've kind of they're holding all the cards, if you like. Yeah. Uh, and then we have a series of events where the Doctor is frantically trying to stop the human race from entering into a deal because there is no clue whatsoever what will happen if they do ask the monks for help and consent and so on. Uh, but the human race is running out of ideas rapidly. As the doomsday clock's counting down, we see a virus which is about to go uh, airborne by the look of it and wipe out everybody and everything. And then Bill makes a decision. Mm. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. So, yes. What do you reckon to Pyramid? I'm not going to call it Pyramid or Pyramid because that, I, I like to call pyramids of Mars pyramids. Yeah, that's a good point. So let's call it let's call it as it is. What did you think of pyramid at the end of the world? End of the world. Yeah. Um, so what's it going at live? Um, I I enjoyed it. I found it very sluggish right. on a first watch. I thought it was a bit slow. So I was a little bit amazed uh, when I went online straight afterwards and saw the reaction. Like people were saying it's the best episode of the series and really raving about it. And I I was sat there thinking. Well, I enjoyed it, but really only the last 10 minutes. I couldn't quite understand why people were going mad about it, I've got to be honest. Right. Um, I was thinking, yeah, it was good. Um, last 10 minutes were amazing, uh, brilliant, you know, build up. But uh, yeah, I thought it was quite slow up until then. Um, gave it another watch yesterday. I enjoyed it a lot, lot more. Um, I still don't quite get why people are going bananas over it. I don't think it's like the best episode ever, but I, I think it's a very good episode. Um, and I can't help but just think, wow, this is probably the first series since series one with Eccleston where we've really consistently had good story after good story. Cause I, I still, I do think it's a very good story. Um, so uh -huh. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I just, yeah, I wouldn't go mad about it like some people, but, but I did enjoy it. And I thought, um, I thought there was the last 10 minutes were just, you know, great, great stuff. It really ramped up, um, the action at the end. So 
Yes, another good one for me, mate. Another strong, strong episode this week, I thought. Yeah, what did you think? Yes, I thought this was a great episode. I, I, I think I, yeah, I enjoyed it more than Extremists. Seems a lot of people did. Yeah. yeah, just because I feel like it had a bit more, because Peter Harness was involved as the writer. I know Stephen Moffat's credited as as a co-writer as well. <laughs> He's got his fingers in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has. His, but I think with Extremists, when Moffat, you know how, how Moffat writes, Mm. It does go all over the place a little bit and it can go, a, you've got to really concentrate on watching it. Yes. Whereas I think yeah. when there's another writer involved, he can let go a little bit and we have a bit more structure and a bit more straightforward uh, storytelling. Yeah. That's uh, so all like that. It was a bit more of a, you know, a, you, knew, you knew what was going on basically from start to finish. There wasn't much in the way of, mm. so what's, where are we now? What What's happening now and what's going on now? You know, you knew what's going on, um, yeah. And I thought the um, it, it was just a real. It was almost like watching a feature film. Almost it had that really cool, suspenseful action. You know, with the whole doomsday clock counting down, and mm. you know, it cut back to those two guys in the lab, and they were something was going horribly wrong with the, you know, in, in the lab that was this was going to start the chain reaction. It was going to wipe out all the life and stuff. So that was very cool, and then we still had. I mean, there were some points that I didn't like about. It. I'm not a huge fan of this um, doctor being president of the world thing. That seems mm. a, a little bit. We, we Me had... neither. That's the that's just the first. That was the sort of <laughs> when I was watching it, making notes. Sector, that's the first negative yeah. thing that yeah. I wrote because there weren't many things I didn't like about the episode, but that is one of them. Because I kind of just have to every time they bring that up. I don't know about you. I just kind of pretend not to hear it. I don't like that at all. I just think mm. it's silly so i'm just like i kind of discard that you know that whatever sort of move on because yeah i don't i don't like that at all yeah and, and so that was the you know one thing and the other thing was uh we, we said didn't we a, a couple of episodes back you know we hope that it's not going to last too long with the doctor being blind and mm. and so on and and we did he did start to get his sight back didn't he the, the monks do to enable that because you know bill's like she sort of pleads with them, doesn't she, toward near the end? You know, can you give them yeah. your sight back? So that really that raised a big question for me. Like, who, you know, these these monks seem to be fairly, you know, very powerful. You know, a higher power. If they can, if they can restore the doctor's sight just like that, I'm really it does raise a big question of who, you know, how has the doctor not seen these guys before? Mm. And you know, he's not aware of them. So. Um, so that, yeah, I'm not, I really wish that they would have sorted that the eyesight, the blind thing out in in the last episode, because that's starting to get a wee bit boring now. I did think that, yeah, because yeah. I was wondering where we were going with that um, when we got sort of near the end of the episode. I was thinking uh, one of the notes I made on the first watch, but then scribbled out because obviously it became irrelevant. Was the blindness thing's getting a bit irritating now? Mm-hmm. But then obviously it had a purpose at the end of the episode, so I then thought, okay, right, I'll scrub that out because it. <laughs> You know, it's been resolved. But yeah, there was a point on a first watch where I was thinking, right, I'm getting a bit fed up of this now. <laughs> and in terms of the, that storyline, I was thinking, you know, we, we need the Doctor back to sort of uh, being the Doctor, uh, yes. you know. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I think we'll get that now. Now that supposedly his eyesight's been restored by the monks. But if they can restore it, surely they can just take it away just as easy. Wow. I was thinking, that, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I mean, there wasn't too many negatives with this. Like I said, I thought it was a great episode. I thought it it moved along fairly okay. There was a few bits where it was mainly the bits with the um, 
with the sort of different army generals and stuff. It was the middle bit, wasn't it? Yeah. It's it's sort of in the middle because I thought, yeah, it's kicked off quite well. It just slowed down in the middle quite a bit. And I think that's when I found it a bit sluggish on a first watch. Yeah. Uh, And then it really ramped up again for the ending. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the things that, yeah. So, I mean, it it did when it sort of cut back to the the, the guy and and the lady in the lab, Mm. you know, that provided a bit of, you know, oh, what's going on? You know, this is really cool. Yeah, but it was those, you know, those scenes like you say in the middle, where it just, you know, it it felt unrealistic to me. It felt like, you know, the fate of the world wouldn't be decided just by, you know, the head of the army. It felt mm-hmm. like there should have been a lot more, because <laughs> I know the doctors involved and they class him as the president of the world, mm. which you know is still. You know, Ridiculous. I just can't get on board. I don't know why. I just can't get on board with that notion. No, I'm but, the same. I don't know why, um, but I just, yeah, it doesn't do it for me. Yeah, you yeah. would just think that there would be more people involved. Um, you know, so the, 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 the Americans, the Russians, and the Chinese, you would have thought that they would have contacted somebody in more power to make mm. those decisions, seeing as it's like, you know, you know, everybody's life is at stake on the planet. It so, felt like units should be there, didn't it? I mean, we had these other sort of knockoff unit mm. guys there, but it felt like it sh- you know units should be in this one somewhere. Maybe that would have made it a bit too much like the Zygon story, though. I don't know. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I mean, it did. It it felt like it was perfect story for unit. Yeah, it felt like they would have slotted in really nicely. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But yeah, so beginning really really cool. Drop down a wee bit in the middle, and then the ending sort of picked up again, uh, which is very cool. So, story-wise, what do you reckon to this as a trilogy so far? Do you reckon it's linking nicely together? Do you think it's um? Well, a lot of people don't, but I, I, I do because um, I, I think I know. So it's a, like you said, it's a three-parter basically. Um, hmm. they call it a loose link three-parter, but like you said, it's not that loose. So let's call it a three-parter. Um. I do think it's quite good because I think what we're, what they're trying to do is give you three slightly contained stories, but, you know, linked together. So you don't really want a sort of, you know, like, for example, so if you watch a classic episode, that is four episodes, but it's clearly one long story. And I think mm. what they're trying to do is tell a story, but in three different episodes that are completely different. You know, each one's individual. Yeah. So you get, you're still sort of getting three different stories, but it's, it's all linked. So I quite liken it so far. I mean, I hmm. seem to, I quite enjoyed extremists. Um, it seems a lot more than some people did, but I, I quite liked it. Um, and I just thought, like you said, I thought this picked up quite nicely from that mm-hmm. episode. So I'm, I'm quite enjoying it so far. I just hope that it pays off. Cause I am, I'm slightly worried. Like you just said about, uh, you just get this niggly feeling that it's going to, you know, are we going to, is it going to be some silly little reset, next week that you know the doctor regenerates and it was all in the simulated world yeah. all along and i'm just yeah. thinking please don't do something <laughs> like that because that's really predictable mm-hmm. um so yeah i'm just slightly worried about next week because the trailer let's face it looks jaw-dropping mm-hmm. um in the trailer at the end for next week's episode or this week sorry uh just looks great and uh, so i really hope it pays off because me personally i've enjoyed enjoyed these first two parts if you like yeah yeah. No, I'll read you. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. So um, things kick off then in this fictional place 
so Tamazistan. Uh, it was first introduced, wasn't it, in the um, back in the Zygon story? Yeah, the, the, the Zygon invasion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's so, been a few similarities, isn't there? Because hmm. there's the location and also the the jet uh, that the Doctor's on uh, and all that. I was sort of thinking, you know, this is Peter Harness. This is if they've sort of given him thrown everything back in that he had in some of the other episodes. Really, not it. It, it still worked perfectly well, but it sort of almost felt like a. Peter Harness episode because you're thinking, oh, we got the jet back this week, and we're in, you know, we're in the same. Mm-hmm. It looked like the same location, yeah. So, yeah, uh, and I'm just wondering why why it's a fictional country uh, because mm. they've used, you know, it, 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 there's a few political points in this with the um with, with the uh, the army uh, uh, generals and so on who've at one point put aside their their differences and as, as a joint effort they're going to go and surrender to the monks and ask for help and so on. Yeah. Uh, but before that, there was a, a little bit of sort of, yeah, I wouldn't say um, sort of weirdness between them, but, you know, you could tell that they've kind of set it up as to mirror sort of real day politics and if you like. So, yeah. so based on all that, you know, it's meant to be quite factual in that sense. Um, I'm not understanding why they had to use the fictional area of Tamazistan in order to, to do that. It just seems mm. a bit weird. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, there was definitely a little bit of politics going on this week. Mm. Uh, it's not too bad, though, because, I mean, we did we knew before it was transmitted that they cut a little bit out about um, there was some reference to terrorism, which they, they cut out, didn't they, because of recent events. So I'm assuming that would have been somewhere around that point, I assume. Um, don't know whether it'll be left in for the DVD, but uh, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely a bit of politics going on there. But why they use a fictional place, I don't know. Um, yeah, who can say? Maybe it's just easier, it yeah. keeps them out of trouble. Yeah, yeah. So, um, for me, I'm just going to put this out there early. Uh, for me, the best part of the story was what was going on with the lab, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was such a good. Because it, it again, it almost leans on like the classic formulas that you've seen in feature films yeah. over the years. So there was um, there was a film that came out years ago called Outbreak. Uh, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I think it's Dustin yeah. Hoffman and yeah, mm. Cuba Gooding Jr. And it was a really similar setup where you know something's in the lab and they're you know testing on whatever something goes wrong and then it goes airborne and then all life is threatened and so on. It almost it's it's like they've. This series, it's almost like they've looked at really good films, you know, proper movie features and looked at the themes in there that work really well and just plant them in. Yeah. And I really didn't mind it this week because I really like the suspense factor of, you know, the two guys. You can see what's going to happen as well. You can just see where this is going and you're like, you know, is it going to happen now? Mm. Is it going to happen now? Nope. Still a bit of a problem. And it really ramps up to this really great conclusion with the doctor, yeah. you know, wiring up the um the explosives, but he can't get out and he's trapped because he can't see the numbers on the door. So simple, but works really well. Um, so I preferred that side of the story versus the um the army peeps sort of in and out of the pyramid, not really doing yeah, I'd agree more. with that because I, I think with the, uh, like it was another visually brilliant episode, wasn't it? Like the, I think you'd agree, the pyramid looked fantastic. Brilliant. I thought yeah. really did look good. Um, yeah, and I was like you, so sort of we see that at the beginning, and I thought this is good, and then we get to meet these two guys in the lab, and uh, and I'm with you. I would have quite happily spent a bit more time with them because mm-hmm. I've really liked them. 
uh, especially the girl Erica. I, I, because I, I recognise the other guy from other programmes. I don't know what his name is. Um, I've seen him in a few things like Lead Balloon and stuff like that. So I recognised him. He's quite a good actor anyway. But the two of them just were quite fun together. And I think it's something we can all relate to when we've gone into work and either yourself or a colleague next to you's, you know, had a bit too much the night <laughs> before. And, you you know, so I thought that's nice. That's a lovely little way of just um, explaining around the fact that he's not really with it that day at work. You know, could <laughs> easily make that mistake because I think we've all been there. You know, it's just I thought that was a lovely little idea. Um, just such a simple way of explaining why he got it wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. But those two were so likable. Uh, and I, I, like you, would have happily spent a bit more time with them. Um, when the doctor offers Erica a chance uh, <laughs> to be a companion and she gives him that little grin, I was thinking, go for it. Go. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I liked her. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I was quite, I was more intrigued, I suppose, <clears throat> by what was going on there because <clears throat> once we got inside the, pyramid and that i mean it was all that was all good but yeah i don't know like you said i was kind of like i was more interested than the other guys mm. really yeah when we got inside the pyramid and we saw the monks who were standing around looking at all those um bright blue glowing cables Wise, and so yeah on, i for a split second now i thought that's davros in in that thing yeah mm. because the setup there and the, how it looked and it how it looked was really similar to how he appeared in what story was it? The Witches, Magician's Apprentice. Magi- yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, when we saw him and he had all those cables draped down mm. and stuff like that for a sec, for a split second, I thought, is that, is that Davros in there? But then no. Do you know what it, it reminded me of? Similar thing. Very similar thing. It reminded me of, um, you know, the Dalek departure at the end of uh, Parting of the Ways, the Eccleston one. And you've oh, got the yeah. girl, yeah, all with all the wires, blue wires coming out of her in in, in the membrane, whatever that or whatever it was. I forget now. It reminded me of that. So similar sort of thing. I was thinking, there's, you know, is this, you know, what is that? What is that thing? So I think it may have just been coincidence, but I had similar thoughts going through my head. Um, it's actually when I saw the promo pictures, actually more than the episode, I was thinking they look kind of familiar. Mm, yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't think they'll turn out to be anything now. But I did think the same. Yeah, uh, <laughs> is it those really cool visual clues though, which I really like in in Who because uh, that happens all the time. Because I thought that the when we saw the monks originally in Extremis, I thought they look the, the robes that they're wearing and stuff look just like the Sisterhood of Khan. Oh you yeah, know, and they look yeah. you know in that same style, but obviously highly unlikely they are but um yeah i don't know it's just those visual clues they do throw you sometimes just as we're talking about the monks one thing that did strike me actually is that i kept thinking they look brilliant they look very scary but they're they're reminded me of the silence in the fact that they don't actually do anything so i was thinking you know like the silence looks scary and, Mm. and terrifying but then you know, they just sort of wobble their arms at you. And then when they finally do kill someone, it is scary, but they take forever to do it. I was getting the same vibe from the monks. I was thinking, okay, they are brilliant, but everyone's terrified of them, but we haven't mm. seen them do anything bad yet. But then they did. And when they finally did kill off um, the general, not only was the effect brilliant of him sort of turning to sand or whatever happened to it, he just sort of melted away. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also then made them... You know, we then finally got to see what they do. Do you know what I mean? It's taken a yep. long time for because I that I think he's the first guy we've seen them actually kill, isn't he? 
I think, yeah, it is, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but because yeah. I kept thinking, yeah, they're great, but they haven't, you know, everyone's terrified of them, but they haven't killed anyone, or, or you know, so what, what's what's the deal with them? Hmm. But then when they finally did do it, I was thinking, okay, they are actually pretty, uh, pretty gruesome, you know, that was quite a nasty, you know, yeah, death, yeah. but it looked great, didn't it? The effect was really good when they when they did turn mate you to mush, yeah, I thought, I thought. It, yeah, there was a couple of times in this where I thought, oh, that's a bit. That's because we had the bit with the monks, like you say, where they turn the people. But you also had the guy who got infected in the lab. Yeah, and yeah. He, it was almost yeah. like he was, um, he got drowned in acid or something because he just melted away, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Quite a few Wizard of Oz moments going on. Mm. <laughs> people melting away. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I completely agree, dude. It's, um, so when it came, I thought it was yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. In some ways, it was probably better that they've held it back a little bit. I thought because when they did finally kill someone, I thought, "Whoa, okay, they're actually pretty nasty." Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, in terms of story, I mean, yeah, visually looked stunning, like all of series ten has done so yeah, far. It really did. Uh, yeah. Direction was okay. A little bit slower than I thought with the extremists. It was directed by the same guy, Daniel, uh, Daniel uh, Netheem or Netheem. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought it was a bit slower this week than extremists. I did. In fact, on the first watch, I made the note that the direction was a bit slack. Hmm. Um, I, I might have slightly changed my mind on the second watch because there are when the end's kicking off and to know the direction wasn't bad at all, actually. But it was definitely um, a bit slower yeah. in, in, the, in the way it was done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did really like in the story was the doomsday clock thing. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, it's a good idea. Because... Yep. Um, uh, I'm not sure if anyone knows, but that's a real thing. The Doomsday Clock is a real thing. Mm. Yes. So, um, so it's maintained by um, something called uh, the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists, Science and Security Board. Mm -hmm. And um, it basically represents, it's essentially uh, how far are we to nuclear war and nuclear fallout. Yeah. And uh it's a real thing. So it represents, you know, how close we are to um, the likelihood of sort of global catastrophe and, you know, the human race being wiped out. So uh, absolutely terrifying, I thought that was, because yeah. it, it was really creepy that the monks set every single person's watch and phone to, what was it, mm. two hours away from midnight. So that's how the doomsday clock works. They, the, they set it to midnight. That's the point where, you know, things are going to go, <laughs> you know, south. Mm. Um, and then they would go backwards. So that's how it sort of counts down, if you like. Yeah, yeah. So really terrifying, I thought, that they just, the monks just no messing around, like, bang, there you go, two minutes to go, um, which was frozen, admittedly. But, you know, they just went straight in with two minutes to midnight. Yeah. And I love that aspect of it. And what was really cool was when the doctor starts the um, the explosion in the lab and stuff, all the monks start freaking out because they're like, huh, what's going on? We've mm. set the clock and now it's going the other way. It's, the human race is getting, they're safer. You know, this is not meant to happen. So that was cool as well. That was, that was another thing I liked about the episode is the fact that it was, um, it was a natural cause that they were using to, to sort of blackmail the earth mm. as well. It was something that was going to happen. I just thought that's good. It's a, it's a different take on, uh, you know, on, on taking over the world, if you like. Yeah. I thought that was good. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Let's talk about some characters. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the army peeps first of all. Um, wasn't too crazy about them, um, but no. not too bad either. They were they were okay, but yeah, yeah I was going to say they didn't they didn't stand out, 
but you could t- take that as two ways. Um, they didn't stand out as being good or bad. Um, they were kind of just there, weren't they? Yeah. Um, but they, they were, yeah. I mean, I think if somebody, if you get supporting casts that are a bit cringy, they can, you know, take an episode down a bit. So these guys weren't, let's put it that way. They were, they were perfectly good, but yeah, they didn't stand out as being particularly great. Yeah. Either. Yeah. I think yeah. the, um, the American general, um, or yeah, what was he? Colonel? commander whoever that that character was mm. uh he wasn't too bad um but the other two yeah just the accents again and <laughs> it's the accent isn't it really yeah, yeah. i know what you mean <laughs> so they weren't yeah. too bad surprising really because they played quite a key role in the story yeah um ended up meeting their demise but um yeah not too bad no they're, all right. they're not great either we've seen worse uh what do you reckon to the monk's performances then still creepy still doing yeah, the job yeah yeah, I thought so. As I said, because because they brought in a, in a death this week, and that I thought we they ramped up, especially the bit with the plane. Actually, when when they appeared in the plane and and all that sort of stuff, because mm. again they didn't kill the pilots, did they? So it, it sort of took a, a nice twist away from what you thought was going to happen and and all that. Um. So yeah, no, I thought they were they are creepy because we don't really know where we stand with them. If you know what I mean, yes. we've seen that they yeah. can kill, we've seen that they can be nasty, but they on the other hand. You know, they're offering this bargain and we don't really know where we are with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. and that added with the fact that they look horrific is a good combination, I think. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best things about them is the fact that we don't know about them. Mm. So the, yeah. the fact that the doctor's not aware of them and I really like that he's really bothered as well about, um, you know, by asking them for consent and help. Mm. We have yeah. no clue as to what the um, what what the deal is going to be. They're not, they're not yes. telling us what the you know what we have to give in return sort of thing. So the doctor's really going nuts about that. He's like, don't do it, don't do it. But you know, that's that's why I really worry about Bill this this week. Like, what has she agreed to? Mm. You know, again, it was a great. That's on the second watch really made me appreciate what a great build up this episode was in terms of ramping up the tension. Because I was like, Bill, what have you done? You know. <laughs> so yeah, it is it is good. I'm I'm I'm. Yeah, can't wait to find out what we have actually agreed to. Yeah. Um, what do you reckon to Nardo on this one? Really liked him. Very I'm cool, loving, wasn't he? I'm loving yeah. Nardo. Nardo. <laughs> Nardo. Him in his little coat with his little microphone in the, in the um, <laughs> yeah. what do you call it? His toggle. Yeah. Toggle microphone. Um, silly, but great. Uh, no, I, I thought Lucas was good this, great this week. Um, yeah, he's just fitted in very nicely, actually. I think a lot better than... A lot of people, including myself, were expecting. I yeah, think he, yeah. he works very well with Capaldi's Doctor. Um, as I said, there was a point where I was getting a bit fed up with the blind thing, like when he's describing everything to the Doctor. And I was thinking, how can Bill not have noticed? Mm-hmm. You know, okay, at the beginning you could sort of excuse it, but the Doctor's been wandering around with these glasses on since they got back from him being blind you know she surely must have put two and two together nardle's clearly explaining everything that's in front of him so i that's the only thing i kept thinking bill would have guessed by now surely like you know it's a little bit too obvious but it it just about carried off i thought um and it was nice the way that they threw in in the middle the doctor was about to tell her and then didn't he suddenly changed it by realizing that he could make the monks mm-hmm. you know out their computer and all that so i thought that was quite nice but yeah Nardo, i'm really liking him i'm really liking him him and the doctor together um i'm wondering what's happened to him because he was on the floor when we last saw him wasn't he 
Nardo. He was knocked knocked out on the TARDIS. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because and it's weird, isn't it? This is something that I'm not quite sure. Oh, yeah, actually, no, because when he first said, uh, you know, when they go to the lab and the, the the virus is in the atmosphere inside the lab at that point, Nardo does say, I'm not human, so it doesn't matter. Mm. But then the doctor says, well, I got your lungs from somewhere, so. Oh, knock off lungs. That's it, knock off lungs, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then we see yeah. Nardo passed out because it's whatever he's breathed in has obviously affected him. Affected him, yeah. So who, who knows what's happening with Nardo? I mean, it's, I think he's going to be fine. Do we see him in the next time trailer? For, he is um, in the next time trailer. And, and yeah. um, it's interesting because if you look at the screenshots, he almost seems to be not laughing, but, you know, I don't know. You know, we keep thinking, is Nardo going to turn out to be evil or something? If you look at this trailer he looks like when bill's shooting the doctor in the next time trailer he kind of looks like he's egging her on so i'm really intrigued by nardal um but also the fact i love his you know his relationship with the doctor when mm. the doctor couldn't get out that door and he he's almost come to rely on nardal isn't he mm-hmm. um yeah. in in a lot of ways it's like it used to be the doctor who had a companion who he looked after and now he's got you know a companion with him that's almost looking after him and it was quite a bittersweet moment, wasn't it? When he was like blind and he couldn't open the door. Yeah. And so he goes yeah. to get Nardal because Nardal's been sorting everything out for him. He's like, Nardal. And when he's not there, the doctor's just so vulnerable without him uh, because of his blindness as well. And I just thought, okay, that's, you know, it's, it's really given Nardal a purpose, which is what I think we couldn't see when we heard he was coming back. Because in, you know, Husband's a River Song, he was just didn't really do anything or have any purpose. Whereas he's really got, um, you know, a personality and a purpose in the series now. And that's, yeah, I just think I'm really loving him in it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad that they, they went down that road with it as well, that they've gave, they've given him some purpose and some meaning in it because otherwise he could just be a, almost a Disney character, you know, a little sidekick, bit yeah. of comic relief, bit of a Disney character and, and, and not much else. But I like the fact that the doctor's almost, you know, almost been taken out. If it wasn't for Bill, he might well have been because Nardo mm. was, you know, no use at all. So, yeah, really liking did Nardo at the moment. Did you think um, there's a bit in it where he goes, Master? Do you think he that was a little canine <laughs> uh, salute to canine? That if you watch Possibly. it again, he says it yeah. in the canine, yeah. but I swear it's on purpose. It's when they're on the um, it's when they're on the plane. Oh, okay. and he, he yeah. just goes master like that I was like he's, he's doing canine there I swear he is anyway yeah, yeah. no I'll read you it could be mm. yeah uh, what about Bill then so quite a big thing that Bill does this week yeah and it needed to be because I was one of the things I was thinking again on a first watch is once again Bill's not getting a lot to do here she's sort of pacing mm-hmm. around behind the doctor I was feeling a little bit sorry for her because um, obviously we got the date again. That was all fun. So that was a nice little moment for the mm-hmm. character. But yeah, I was getting a bit worried about Bill on the first watch in terms of I was thinking she's still great, but she's not being given a lot to do here. Um, but then obviously it's all made up for in those last mm-hmm. 10 minutes. Um, and yeah, I thought she was great, actually. Um, and, there's, you know, when she gets cross at the doctor and she realizes he's blind and she gets cross, but really she's cross. You know what the fact he's you know not told her and all that. I just thought, yeah, I thought you know she she's really cemented herself as a, as a great companion to the twelfth Doctor. Yep, yep. You know, there's a lot of love between the two of them already. There's a lot of they care for each other, and she's willing. She knows that he's got to live, so she's yes. willing to sort of sacrifice whatever because she thinks he'll sort it all out in the end. So yeah, I like the way they've they've 
you know, over these few episodes really sort of become a great duo uh, or or trio, if you like, with Nardo. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I thought she's she's great this week. Yeah, yeah, especially uh, in the end bit. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I thought for the most part she was she was there, but she wasn't really doing anything of any consequence. Really, yeah. she was just there yeah. to. Um, but the, the last yeah ten fifteen minutes, she really stepped up, and you yes. can tell. And the only reason that the monks accepted her consent is because they could you know, feel the love that she has for the doctor. So that's right. You know, that's, um, that was really cool. Um, yeah. they like, you say that they, they clearly care for each other quite early on and, mm. you know, she wants to make sure that everything is going to work out and she knows that the doctor's the key without the doctor, the, the world's got no hope. So she mm. has to do what she has to do, you know, to, uh, to make sure. To he's save alive. him. Mm. Yeah. No, it's a good, it's a nice way of, you know, ramping up the, the yeah. final, you know, final 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. She was great. And Mr. Capaldi. Capaldi, yeah. I mean, he's he's rocking and rolling, isn't he? We've been said he's, that consistently, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, no, he's, but consistent is the word. And yeah. God, like, and it's the word that we used when we weren't pleased about him in Series 9 as well. We were saying how inconsistent he was. Mm. Um, if you listen to all our reviews for this series, the thing I'm really pleased to be able to say is we we say he's consistent this series. Consistently good. Uh, you know, written consistently well. Um, and acted just superbly. Yeah, I'm so glad that fi- his final series um, looks like he's he's given us this brilliant performance. Yeah, yeah. absolutely loving Capaldi. Can I just say I love Erica as well in this episode. She's as the you know uh, the lab technician. Uh, she yes. really yep. stood out for me in this in this episode. As um, you know, like we said, Bill's a very natural actor. I th- I thought Erica. What's uh, what's the actor's name? Uh, Rachel Denning. Yes, I thought she was yep. really natural in her performance, didn't you? Like when she was having a go at him about being hungover and just the little twinkle in her eye when the doctor says about jumping on board the TARDIS. I really liked her. I thought she was a real standout for the episode. Yeah, yeah. and I, I'm glad she didn't get turned to green slime. Slime, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention those two guys in the lab. But yeah, Erica, she was a great character, I thought. I'm really good uh, uh, sort of interactions with the doctor. They would because he really likes, doesn't he? People that get it, not just yeah. people who are clever, but he really likes people that get what's going on. That's um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did, didn't she? She absolutely yeah. did. Yeah. And one thing that I was a nice little twist, well, not a nice twist, but was a bad twist in the end. But at the beginning, when you saw her bag being caught in the door and her glasses smash, yes, I thought later on in the episode, you know, because she can't, she's not going to be able to see something properly. She's going to screw something up. But that didn't really materialise into anything. It was the other guy that made the mistake, wasn't it? He sort of moved. He accidentally put a decimal place incorrectly on the calculation, and then that. Yeah, and that was all because yeah, because because her glasses got smashed. It meant that she. That's why she ha- asked him to do it. So it's a nice yeah. knock-on effect, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, she was a very cool character, and I'm I, assuming I like we'll see her in the next one for a bit. I hope so. Mm. Yeah, I hope we get to see her again. I, I liked her. Um, just going back to Capaldi very quickly, um, I can tell you thought he was great this week as well. The only thing I found strange is, um, you know, like in the Zygon speech, he went into this sort of, uh, roll up, roll up, everybody, we're at the show, and it sort of kind of took us out the speech a bit. He did it again this week, and I'm assuming that's Peter Harness's <laughs> handiwork. Do, you know when he was saying, right, we're at the Pyramid Game, and it's all over, goodbye, and all that, and I was thinking, what? It, it's, it's, I don't know, that, that was the only bit where I felt a little bit sort of out of, it, it sort of was going back to the Series 9 Doctor. There was a few, there was just one or two little moments in the writing, I thought. I don't know if you picked up on that. 
Just to, you know, like when the doctor was doing like the American accent in the Zygon oh, story, yeah, yeah. And then in this yeah. one, he was doing it again just for a short bit, and then also he's like, "I'm the doctor, and I'm solving it blind and all that." And I was thinking, "Well, no, don't start writing him silly again." But it was it was so minimal that it didn't, you know, it didn't bother me at all. But yeah, I was going to say it was yeah. just enough. Just yeah, yeah, enough yeah, to yeah, not. Enough. Yeah, yeah, no region. Yeah, yeah. But overall, though, Capaldi, just yeah, smashing it. Yeah, smashing it. I'm, I'm glad to say. Yeah. yeah. Anything you want to mention before our scores? Just the music. Loved Murray's music oh, this yeah. week. Yeah. And was I hearing things? Because I'm, I swear, I only heard this on the first watch. I completely forgot about it on the second watch, but I'm sure it's in there. Was it me, or did we hear the "I Am the Doctor" theme mixed in <laughs> very, very subtly we at did. one point? Yes. Yeah, I thought we did. I yep. missed it the second time, but I'm sure I heard it the it, first time. It was a re. It was a redone. It was in a similar way that he redid. Um, this is Gallifrey in the last episode. Ah, he's, he's, see, I still need to. I missed We Are Gallifrey. Yeah. Yes. And uh, talking of that, let's segue into our scores. Okay. I think it's you to go first, buddy. Okay, yeah, that's fine. I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. So, same, same as last week. I, I enjoyed it as much. Okay, cool. Same for me. So last week I gave Extremis a 7. I enjoyed this one a bit more, so 7.5. Okay, yeah, it wasn't quite an 8 for me, but uh, I probably enjoyed it slightly more, but yeah, 7.5. 7.5, yeah. Right, what do our lovely listeners think? Let's kick off with an audio clip. This is Sammy Satin. G'day, Gary and Adam. Sammy Satin with the apparently sexy voice here. So the pyramid at the end of the world. Excellent direction by Aussie director General Nettheim. Yay! Pin Harness has delivered a good story. Poor Nardal. But Toby Whithouse, the Monk Trilogy hangs on the lie of the land, so bring it, or there'll be an army of angry Hovians to deal with. See ya. Ah, that sexy Aussie twang. Sexy. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sammy. <laughs> yeah, cheers, Sammy. Uh, over on Twitter, uh, Mr. Dalek Emperor says, I uh, can't wait for this three-part crap story to be over. Oh, no. And how come the TARDIS didn't detect being moved without permission? Yet when it happened in the day of the Doctor, the TARDIS did detect being moved without permission. I was going to mention that, actually. Did you not find that odd that he was? they managed to get him on the plane without him? No, I thought that was a little bit strange, but I kind of overlooked it. Yeah. Uh, mm. Not much love on Twitter, by the way. Uh, Darren. Really? Uh, uh, his Twitter name is at uh, Cult Dissection says... Uh, pyramids capturing planes and subs and epic feels so much better than last week's convoluted bleep. But cool. where was unit and why the UN? Yeah. So more questions than answers there. Uh, over on Facebook, uh, Jake Burswittle says, uh, what is going on with the Doctor Who seven episodes? Uh, what is going on with Doctor Who seven episodes in? And I've not hated any of them. This episode was fantastic. Very tense. The monks were creepy as always. Uh, 8.5 out of 10. Can't wait to see how Whithouse is going to wrap up the story. Yes. Yes, Jeff Waddle. Very good, but predictable. No major twist, but excellent acting, good story. Pyramid scenes were like uh, Keys of Marinus. Um, uh, goes yeah. and say, uh, uh, on the trailer, it turns out the next week's is about the monks always being here. Either one, much more of this is a simulation than we think. Two, if they've been here, they must... Uh, be bumping into the silence all the time or three big reset button alert hopefully not that's hopefully what i'm worried about he yeah. gives it eight out of ten though okay uh, another audio clip this is jacant 
Hey Gary and Adam, hope you're doing well. Now, The Pyramid at the End of the World. I give this review out of love, and love is consent. After a two-week streak of episodes that I didn't like, this comes with a warm welcome, as I absolutely adored it. The monks have strategy to their plan, they pose a genuine threat, their plot to take over the world is unique and thought through, the Doctor's progress on figuring out how to defeat them was sophisticated and intelligent, there was a well-balanced sense of humour, there was tension, especially towards the latter half of the episode, and Bill's final actions were believable and real and human. I I was afraid when it was said this would be a political episode, because after Comrade Doctor fought capitalism just two episodes ago, I thought it might be a bit too much crammed into one series, but it was done nicely. The only major political message it gave out was give peace a chance, and that's something the Doctor should always be saying. The cliffhangers actually made me go, oh my god, how are they going to get out of this one? And that's always a good thing, as the only way I can think of them getting out of it is if they're in another simulation, but if they actually followed through with that idea, I'd be incredibly disappointed, as that would be just lazy and, you know, predictable. Uh, nevertheless, I give The Pyramid at the End of the World a surprising but welcome 8.5 out of 10, making it one of my favourites of this series so far. And if you consent, I'll see you next week. Of course. Ooh, get you, Jake. Of course, Jake, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Back <laughs> on Facebook. Uh, uh, Candence Levine says, I overall enjoyed this multi-part, but there are parts of it that just didn't hold up. Seems ridiculous that a Doctor would be getting verbal information from Nardo and Bill, um, and Bill would not just demand to know what's going on. Mm. Uh, contrived plot device just ultimately get the doctor in front of a, in front of the door uh, with a combination locket and he, that he can't see yeah well yeah maybe uh, episode 3 uh, is teed up and the moth can swing away I'd give this episode 7.5 oh okay yep. Harry Walker is one of this one's a bit of a slow burner for me uh, kind of get that from every Peter Harness script we've had so far as a result I do get a bit disengaged Saying that, mm. I really like the monks, as their expanded development over multiple episodes is really fleshing them out, showing how cold and calculated they are. Performance and productions were great as usual, and the cliffhanger, cliffhanger left me excited for more. Seven out of ten. Yeah, Lewis Palmer, I actually enjoyed this after last week's disappointment. An intriguing plot with excellent performances and interesting scenes. Love the music and editing. Seven point five. Thank you, Mr. Apple. Uh, the editing was back on on track yes week. yes yeah. it was yeah uh, luke allen really not sure on this one felt like a sort of a filler episode probably not the weakest of the series uh, but saturday's episode looks brilliant um i can't think of an out of 10 so i'll give it x out of 10 <laughs> okay <laughs> uh let's do danny brown simply brilliant whole cast on form visually stunning nine out of ten uh paul villano not twigging all the love for so many plot holes desperation has made anything acceptable it seems pants Oh dear. oh dear. Jason Thayer is a good piece of the puzzle with some flaws. Seven out of ten. Miles McKenzie, another good another, sorry, blah, blah, blah. another amazing episode. Look forward to next week. Nine out of ten. Mm. Pete Adamson, the best in the series so far, eight point five. And lastly, Rob Kernock, certainly more compelling compared to last episode. As you guys said last week, it felt like a setup episode, and that it was. Uh, it felt like a good follow up, great acting, good script, not so great cliffhanger though. But the next time trailer looked incredible. Um yeah, looking forward to next week's episode. 8 out of 10. Yeah, it's another strong one. And the last audio clip, this is from Owen Daly. Hello again, Adam. Hope you're both well and enjoying the show this week. So, Pyramid at the End of the World. It was an improvement on last week's, but I didn't think it really built on anything last week because I still think last week's was unnecessary. But that out of the way, I loved this episode. I thought it was a really great story. The bacteria part was a really great idea and it's something I would like to see and develop a bit more, I think, maybe. Uh, maybe a whole story uh, to it would have been great as I love just this bacteria virus in Doctor Who 
I just got to say, I thought Nardo was actually really good in this episode. Um, I thought he was very humorous where he needed to be humorous and serious where he needed to be serious. And there's a great line where he's going, the doctor asks him what you need to survive. And he goes like, food, water, beer. And I think that's something Matt Luke's put into the script because it was just hilarious. And one thing I noticed about the script was Stephen Moffat put his paws into this script. Um, I think it's the same as Jamie Matheson last year. He saw the success of Zygon Invasion and he said, ooh, I might want to put my name beside this guy. And hopefully it makes me look good. So, uh, yeah, because I don't think Moffat, uh, I don't know. Just I think he might have been putting his paws into someone else's pie. Uh, I thought the Doctor getting his sight back was good now because I thought it was really drawn out um, and wasn't done very well in the last story. Uh, so I was kind of happy that was over, which is a pity though because I thought it was a great concept. Um, and also it set up a great cliffhanger for next week's episode, which looks brilliant. But one final thing is I've got to say the monks are a little bit overpowered for me. I think, uh, yeah, I think they're a little bit overpowered. And one last thing is I also find it hard to believe that every, those three UN people, or the UN people, they all made a decision on the behalf of humanity. And I think that's just un very unrealistic that these four people think they're better than the rest of the human race to make this decision to hand over to the human race. But um, yeah, I thought that was just a bit unrealistic. But that aside, uh, I thought it was a good episode, so I'm going to give it a 6.5 6 out of 10. Thanks for listening, and bye for now. Cheers, Owen. Cheers, Owen. 6.5, not bad. M Moff with his hand in the pies. He's with her, he always. <laughs> yeah. uh, is that going to do for the official stuff? Anything on the Geeks handbag page? Yeah, it's a couple of uh, just a couple this week. Some good ones actually. So uh, Leslie Sheargold, she said she really enjoyed it, but she did feel it was very slow paced for a younger audience. So I kind of get what she means there. She's worried the kids might zone out a bit. Uh, Dean Jones said it was very solid, gave it eight out of ten. Uh, Kevin Mullen said slow burner, but um, he enjoyed it. But he wants to see what's inside the vault. He reckons that's being dragged out. Eddie Johnny Johnny Aids, I'm probably saying it wrong, <laughs> says uh, absolutely brilliant. Um, Richard Pierce also says absolutely brilliant edge of your seat drama from start to finish Adam Time Lord Fishwick wasn't sure on a first watch but now he really likes it Martin Arnold said he, I was engrossed Lee Collins very weak didn't enjoy it at all John Gilhill simply said brilliant Callum Granger I loved it and James Hutton said dramatic and really gripping with lots of tension mm -hmm. um, and the only other ones I had was on Twitter so I just had one from Elliot Beasley and gave me a lovely long review. Uh, and basically, he did enjoy it. He thought it was a bit of a slow burner. He gave it 6.5 out of 10. Okay. And finally, my little Twitter poll. <laughs> yeah. I love doing this every week. So, um, so yeah, 8% uh, thought it was poor. 9% thought it was average. 33% thought it was good. And a whopping 50% said it was excellent. Wow. So, yeah. So, that's, again, been a real consistently good scores uh, from from people on Twitter every, this this series. So, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so thank you very much, guys, for sending in your reviews and thoughts and so on. And I think we're going to do there for 144. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us for 144. This Saturday's episode is looking like it's going to be a bit of a belter. I don't it want looks to. It's exciting. Yeah, I don't want to jinx it or anything. But it does look like a cracking episode. The Lie of the Land. Interesting to see how this all gets wrapped up. And if we then go back to um, single adventures that we've enjoyed so far up to this point in Series 10, or if we continue with the moth roller coaster of Timey Wimey story arcs. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, thank you for sending in your thoughts and your audio clips and your Facebook comments and all that stuff. Very, very much appreciated. I think overall, people generally liking this one. A few duff scores. Not everyone's yeah. cup of tea, but overall. Knocking it out of the park as usual. Mm. Yes. So head over to the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. On there, you can listen to all the previous episodes, plus you can link off to all of our social accounts and give us a follow and a like. We have a chat with you on there, because we're always on those things. And you can also link off to iTunes and give us a, a like and a sub on there. That'd be awesome. And if you are an iTunes listener, a review would be amazing, because that really helps us. Remember to check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag on YouTube. Just do a search for The Geek's Handbag on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Give them a follow and a sub. All good stuff on there. All that jazz, yeah. Might pop out and buy something this afternoon to review, actually. I've got something in mind. If I can can get it, I'm popping out probably to shops this afternoon. Popping out to the shops. Might Might get something to review, yeah. Yeah. A uh, nice one. So yeah, loads of really, really cool content over on Adam's channel. Oh, don't even know where to start. It's just so much on there. Unboxings, reviews, location shoots, uh, convention roundups, on-the-spot reviews. Just so much stuff. Go and check it out if mm. you haven't already. Yeah. So enjoy this Saturday's episode, The Lie of the Land. Looking forward to your thoughts on that. So look out for yeah. the uh, Facebook post and Twitter stuff next early next week. And until then... My name's Gary. <laughs> My name's Adam. And remember. <laughs> and... Hey.